0: hey man it's me kevin smith are you listening to the right podcast because you're supposed to be listening to three guys in flick are you listening to that right now then you're in the right place enjoy
1: ladies and gentlemen please take your seats the show is about to
2: begin i know this world is just a game but this place these people that's all i have so i'm not gonna be the good guy i'm gonna be a great guy Welcome back. You are listening to Three Guys in a Flick. This is where we review the good, the bad, and the absurd. Tonight's episode Free Guy. Beware spoilers. Coming to you from downtown Free City. Hey, why are you two wearing sunglasses? Shut up, NPC. My name is Don. And to my right, we have the comic book guy, John. Catchphrase. And to my left, we have the professor, Ken.
0: Hello, everybody. How are you guys doing tonight? Groovy. TBD.
2: (laughs) Third thing here. Tonight, we are talking about Free Guy. Free Guy comes to us via the Bronco... It didn't come from the Bronco helmet, did it,
0: Professor? No, it didn't.
2: So, coming to you from John's head. Hey, John, why Free Guy?
1: Well, I wanted just to basically review a Ryan Reynolds movie. And I thought it would be nice to kind of break us in easily to Ryan Reynolds without going to his, you know, most famous, uh, greatest action hero movie ever made, Green Lantern. So I thought we would start in a little bit gently.
2: Yeah, well, so there you have it, people. That is why we are doing Free Guy tonight. Released on August 13th, 2021, Free Guy was directed by Sean Levy, screenplay by Matt Lieberman and Zach Penn, and it stars Ryan Reynolds, Jody Comer, Lil Rel Howery, Utakersh Kirsh Mbakar, Joe Keery, Taika Waititi, and a bunch of other NPCs.
1: How'd this movie do, Don?
2: This movie had a budget of $125 million, and it looks to have brought in $332 million.
1: Which I don't think is too shabby, considering it came out during COVID time.
2: No, not shabby at all. Uh, Did you guys see this in the theater?
0: No, I saw it in my basement last night. I saw it when it first came to streaming. What about you?
2: Uh, I think I saw it in the theater. I remember seeing it going, it wasn't bad, it was uh, fun. It was fun. I mean, I thought of it as if you took Deadpool and you replaced Jim Carrey in The Truman Show and then you threw it in a blender and it came out Ready Player One.
1: Which is interesting that you bring up all of those points. First of all, one of the writers is Zach Penn. Do you know what other movie he wrote? Ready Player One. Ready Player One. So that explains right there why it has a Ready Player One kind of feel to it. Uh, The other thing is, is... When Tim Burton was talking to Ryan Reynolds, as and all you know, the writers and everything were talking to him, they said, Play a Deadpool like character, but be genuine and be like, you know, be nice,
0: not sarcastic. They said, In other words, just be Canadian. Zach Penn also wrote Avengers and he also wrote uh X2 and X Men Last Stand, but his first script at 23 years old, Last Action Hero. Speaking of cast, what did you think of this cast? Um, I thought the cast was
2: fine. Uh, Ryan Reynolds never disappoints, you know, he's one of those actors that always plays Ryan Reynolds. And so, um,
0: and you got to take that up front with you. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Other, otherwise you're just, you're not going to be happy watching the movie.
2: Right. Oh, I agree. I yeah. Agree. He
1: works in the same lines, the same, uh, gestures and looks that he gives the screen, those kind of things.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like watching Deadpool. Mm-hmm. So But the rest of the supporting cast, I liked. Uh, I loved Taika Waititi. I think he is a brilliant comedic actor, and uh, Joe was really good in this. Yeah, and Joe Curie from Stranger Things. Yeah, I thought he was fun. Did you
1: catch that? Since the director was also, I think, believe a director on Stranger Things, and when Keys came on the screen, they played in the background the Stranger Things music.
2: Oh, I missed that. Yeah, I missed that. Yeah, and to round out the the cast, you know Jodie Comer. Uh, was fine. She reminded me of a uh, multiverse version of Uma Thurman when she was Molotov girl. hmm
1: I guess when promoting this film, Ryan Reynolds and Taika Waititi was said that they were excited to work together for the very first time.
2: Yeah, which I thought was funny. You know, I didn't realize it was Taika Waititi and the Green Lantern. Neither did I, until they actually made that comment. Yeah, so... And that's probably the funniest and best scene of that movie. Did you ever see Green Lantern, Professor? Uh-uh. Oh, you're so lucky, bud.
1: Well, we need to put that
0: one in the hat now. No, we don't. Sean Levy. He's directed like uh, eight Stranger Things episodes, and he has a couple of, you know in the upcoming fourth season. Uh, he did Date Night, Night at the Museum, oh, and he's directing Deadpool 3. Not bad. Yeah, he originally turned down this movie. He
1: didn't want to have anything to do with it until Ryan Reynolds called him up and talked him into it.
2: Yeah, well, apparently Ryan Reynolds called a couple of people mm-hmm. and they uh, cameo in this movie. So, you know, that's always fun as well.
0: The cameo story that I think I enjoyed the most was uh, Chris Evans. I really enjoyed Chris Evans' backstory. Blake Lively, that was her suggestion. You should get him, and you know, it must it, in conjunction with the shield bit, right? So, uh, called him up and they, they knew that he was in Boston at the time. And they asked, him, Would you come by and shoot for 10 minutes? And so that's what the, that's how he got into he it. He was in and out in four minutes,
2: yeah. And that's such a great moment, you know. Uh, and it's funny because Fox is the one that makes this film, but during the filming, the whole Fox Disney acquisition was going through, and they just called up Disney and said, Hey, uh, can we use these three? likenesses and they were all expecting disney to go say go fuck yourselves right but disney was about to buy him so they didn't fucking care so they said yes and that gave us the shield the hulk hand and the lightsaber
1: they basically said disney basically said use whatever you want yeah so there is actually even more than that there are other hidden elements throughout the movie that are all like disney related disney owned what do you think of all the cameos did you catch them all
2: uh, I caught most of them. The gamer YouTuber people, I knew they were online. I have no idea. I couldn't Five tell you. YouTubers, who, yeah. I couldn't even tell you who the fuck they were, but I knew they were cameos. Uh, it wasn't until I was told about Hugh Jackman that when I watched it the other night, I listened to the voice and I'm like, oh, yeah, that is fucking Hugh in Jackman. In the alley, yeah. who
1: basically gives Molotov the information.
2: Yep. Uh, John Krasinski's in it, and The Rock is in it. He's a bank robber. Yep. Um, yeah, just a lot of fun.
1: The mom behind uh what was the name Revan Buttons, uh Shannon Tatum's real guy, uh is Tina Fey.
2: Oh, I did hear that. Yeah, yeah she's
0: vacuuming. She's yeah. vacuuming behind. And
2: all people that Sean Levy has worked with, mm-hmm. you know, uh and Ryan Reynolds. Hey so. the uh
0: the buttons character in real life, was he was he the uh the the, the uh, guy at the vending was he the guy at the arcade in Stranger Things? Yeah, I don't know.
2: Uh, yes, I want to say probably. first, second
0: season, probably
2: with yeah, they at the where, R-
0: arcade, where where we meet uh, Max.
2: Yes, I believe he was. I he's been he was. in a
1: few things. I I don't know what though.
2: Oh, you—he's well, that guy, right? right? You look he's, at him yeah. and you go,
0: "Oh, hey, it's that guy." Uh, so pretty much, yeah.
2: what did you guys think of the soundtrack?
1: Oh, uh, it was fun. can't say I've ever really been a huge mariah carey fan and they really worked that song in this movie
2: yeah i think that particular mariah carey song is the most overused mariah carey song in movies so i had i had a little bit of a hard time with it just because a i don't like that song and b. I thought they did it better in rush hour. So And that's
0: where I go every time when I hear it in a movie, it always takes me to rush hour. Yeah. As soon
2: as the scene starts, you see you hear the little girl. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah.
0: Sitting there in the traffic jam. Yeah. Not moving. The two guys in the front seat wishing they could be anywhere else but in that car. Yeah.
2: Um do the words make sense? Yes. Is it a catchy tune? Sure. So I guess it is what it is.
1: To go back to the inspiration for this movie. Uh, Don, I think you're absolutely right that we do feel elements of Ready Player One. In fact, there's some Easter eggs in the movie related to Ready Player One. I felt this go around, uh, and it's funny that you had mentioned it, that there is a lot of Truman show in that the whole idea is it's a goldfish type movie uh, or video game, at least what it becomes, where you're just watching characters like you watch a goldfish in a tank. Uh, And so that kind of gave that Truman feel. But I guess there was a book that came out a while back, uh, back in 1964, called uh, Simulacron 3, which was all about a main character who realizes he lives in a simulated world inside of a computer and a female admin has to enter this virtual world and save the world from destruction. So really, if you wanted to look where... All those movies probably got a lot of their ideas, or at least Ready Player One and uh, Free Guy. They probably got it from that story from that book.
2: Yeah, probably. I thought that the story, yes, it reminded me uh, a lot of Ready Player One, but it did have its own kind of elements uh, to make it uh, stand out a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as when you're in the virtual world, they made it look a lot like Fortnite and uh, GTA and so and Liberty
1: City, I guess, was another big element. It's
2: not a game I have played. It's GTA. What yeah, was it? oh, it's GTA Liberty City. Um, See, that's
0: it, that's what I felt. It felt totally out of right out of that.
2: Yeah, and so as soon as he puts the sunglasses on, I went, "Oh, okay, let's go for the ride." Mm-hmm. So,
0: I think my favorite little cameo vehicle that I saw in there was the tank from Halo. Yeah, yeah. There's
2: that. Um, like you said, John. Of course, there's going to be a lot of little Easter eggs here and there uh sprinkled in
1: one of the Easter eggs that I thought was interesting uh and that I finally caught this time was when we go to Millie's apartment and they're kind of panning around showing it I guess I don't I didn't I don't remember exactly where it was but there's something that spells out the word anorak do you remember anorak yeah from ready player one that's the wizard in, in ready player one yeah so there's all kinds what's the I think the fun about these type of movies and again kind of go back to the reason why I picked this movie is I love movies that you can re-watch and catch new things every time you watch it.
2: Yeah, but once you're done catching these things, does the movie still hold up? It's still got Ryan Reynolds I and mean, he he's a looker. Oh, well, okay. Well there's that answers that.
1: I thought uh, I was watching some YouTube videos before we started our podcast, and there's a channel called Cinema Sins. Who usually do those, you know, everything that's wrong about a movie in 18 minutes, something like that. And I thought they had a great take on this movie. They said, Free Guy is like a glory hole. It feels good as long as you don't think about what's happening on the other side of that wall. (laughs) Okay.
2: I won't say that they're wrong.
1: It's one of those movies you just can't think too much. You just got to go for the ride and enjoy it.
2: Well, all movies, I think, should be like that. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I just think we might be oversaturated with this content. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how many times... Okay, I will give Free Guy this. It does have a, I guess, refreshing take on the whole AI becoming self-aware. Because as, as we know, uh, when AI becomes self-aware... Skynet is born,
1: well, right? Well, that's, that's the sequel. You're spoiling the sequel.
2: And then so, well, um, oh, fuck, dude. It shouldn't be a spoil. This one is the AI, the AI is good. So, I mean, it's got that going for it, I guess, which is nice.
1: Because yeah, normally in a lot of these movies, your main hero is a real person who's now in the virtual world or starts in the virtual world, but it's always connected to a real person. I like that the hero is wasn't even a real person it was a whole virtual programming from the start and i also like in this movie that we didn't have to wait until halfway through the movie to realize oh my god he's in a video game it's all been a video game you know uh like m night Shyamalan, one of those twists in the middle that we find out oh it's been a video game the whole time
2: true that is very true although i will say they told us that in the trailer too Mm -hmm. so
0: (laughs) i didn't watch the trailer
2: you never watch the trailers Is it trivia time?
1: Why, yes, Don. It is trivia time. In our continuing pursuit to crown a master of movie trivia, I have prepared a series of questions related to today's movie. Please wait until I finish each question before answering. What was the price of the shoes that Guy wanted? $200.
0: $200. Nice work.
1: What is Guy's best friend and bank co-worker's name? Buddy. Buddy. That professor's kicking
2: your ass.
0: What drink does Guy typically order every day?
2: Medium coffee, uh,
1: two sugars, two creams.
0: No, one cream. It's medium coffee, uh, cream, two sugar. It goes to the professor.
1: What new drink order does Guy try to order from the coffee shop? Cappuccino. Cappuccino. I'll give you guys a tie on that one. What's the name of Guy's Goldfish? Goldie. What is the name of the company that developed and launched the game Free City in the movie tsunami what is the name of the game that free city was built on top of free city one uh life and insects oh life itself won. life itself oh fuck how many youtubers play themselves Five. five yep there are five what is the name of the cereal guy eats every morning sugar o's very good what is the full name
2: of the free city sequel Free City 2 Rampage.
1: Do you have a guess? Mm-mm. Free City 2 Carnage.
2: That was kind of close. Yes, yeah, sure. you were close.
1: I'll give you a quarter of a point. Oh, lucky
2: fucking me. When
1: Millie and Keys are interviewed back in 2015,
2: where are they? In Seattle. Seattle, Seattle Con. The- Seattle Indie Game Con
1: 2015. Very good, Professor. He's done his homework. See, see what that's like? Now, for the final question. It's about fucking time. When Guy puts the glasses on Dude, the song that plays is from what TV series?
2: Uh, The Greatest American Hero.
1: Very good. You were listening. Believe it or not. Yeah, I know. I'm walking on air. Wow, that was spot on, John. I never thought I could be so free.
2: He's flying away on a wing and wing and a prayer. Who, could, Who it could it be? Believe it or not. It's just me. Free City is a massively multiplayer online role-playing video game developed by Tsunami Studios. The players of Free City are distinguished from NPCs by the sunglasses they wear, Fighting each other and causing mayhem. Unaware that the world they live in is a video game, the NPCs are mostly oblivious to the chaos caused by players while living out their scripted lives. Guy is a NPC working as a bank teller at Free City's bank with his best friend, security guard buddy. Unemployed software developer Millie Rusk is playing Free City to find proof that tsunami stole the source code from the concept game she developed, Life Itself which included novel artificial intelligence techniques for its NPCs. Her friend Walter Keyes McKee is sympathetic but reluctant to help as he now works in technical support at Tsunami. So this movie opens up, and uh, to me, right off the bat, it looks like Fortnite as you're falling through the city. It's pretty shot. Don't get me wrong. And then the Ryan Reynolds narration comes in, uh, which first thing out of my head. Deadpool. And ready player 1. How right. long
1: did it take you to catch that it was Channing Tatum falling from the sky?
2: As soon as they showed his face? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was I, an immediate. Yeah. And I tell you what, I enjoy Channing Tatum if it's for 90 minutes or 9 seconds. All right? He I like that guy. I think he's fucking hilarious. I
0: don't have too much exposure with him. You know, I I the first role that I really saw him in was Hateful Eight. And uh and he was he was really good in that. And the other one uh 21 Jump Street. After that, I really don't have much exposure with him. I
1: feel like he's a complete prick. Really? Because he's just better than me at everything.
3: No that looks that looks And so
2: everything.
0: therefore you hate him. Oh, no, he's,
3: yeah,
1: horrible.
2: That, that is a very interesting way to look at it. And I too looked at it like that for some time. But then 21 Jump Street, the guy's got great comedic timing. Uh, Coach Carter, when he was first starting out, the kid has just got charisma. You know what I mean? So this is the end right his cameo when yes. Danny McBride has him as a gimp <laughs> the gimp yeah oh my gosh he's so funny and so uh we are introduced to guy he is our protagonist of the story and who is also an npc so immediately we're going to get uh kind of how the game works and what the npcs go through right and
1: did you say what npc stands for i think you skipped over that which is non player character so they are just Programming. They are scripted to do the same thing over
2: and over again. So we meet Guy. He We see he's got his goldfish. He has his routine. He goes into the coffee shop, gets a coffee with cream, two sugar. And then we go and he meets Buddy, his security guard, Buddy. And we see kind of how life is.
1: Yeah, and every day is the same thing. Someone comes in, robs the bank. They just discuss it. But you can tell at this point when Guy starts going into, he wants a little bit more. He, he wants to find that girl of his dreams because something deep inside of him tells him that there's more out there.
2: Right. And in the meantime, we are introduced to Molotov Girl very briefly. And then we are introduced to her as Millie in the real world. Oh, so briefly and we start to set up the backstory or what the real story is is that uh, millie and her friend keys uh need to find proof that antoine taika watiti's character stole their code
1: yeah and basically at this point in the movie millie is on the hunt to find the answers and keys has kind of already given up right he basically you know sold their game to antoine and it got shelved, but what you know, Millie believes is that the code was actually used to create Free City.
2: Right. Um, what did you guys think of Free City as a environment?
0: Did you buy it? Uh, I had to. That's what's re- being revealed on the screen. So yeah, I took it as it came. I thought it looked like a fun game to me. Yeah. I mean, they reminded me a lot. You
1: know, I used to be big into World Warcraft, uh, some other online, you know, Elder Scrolls. Things like that. It reminded me a lot of those kind of games. I never got into Grand
0: Theft Auto. Joey played that a lot.
2: It's this. It's the same game as World of Warcraft, just on a different planet.
0: Having Guy walk down the street every day with all of the gunfire and explosions and the, the random killing of the avatars, I feel like that there's nothing at stake for me with Guy because what's going to happen is some days guy is going to be caught in the crossfire of an explosion or collateral damage of of a of a crash or something like that and then he and then the next day just think he's going to sit right back up and start his day all over again and so i felt that there was no real emotional payoff no no arc for, I got, for guy
1: i got kind of a Groundhog's day vibe to that that every time you know the day ends it starts over again
2: and I think that comes down to the stakes don't really get introduced until almost the third act, mm-hmm. right? So you're, you're asking us to follow this character and invest in this character, even though we're in a loop. Um, if you make the loop entertaining and time passes and we progress the story, okay, moving forward. But because the stakes don't really reveal themselves until the end, right? And then, and then there are stakes for them. But I hear what you're saying. If if he's just a NPC, every time he gets uh, killed, I mean, it's Groundhog's
0: Day. He wakes back up, mm-hmm. you know. So, and not even necessarily Groundhog's Day, because there's no prior recollection necessarily that uh, that carries him other than just this this ennui where he longs for something more. But it, apparently, it's just his programming, and not the rest of the pro, not not the rest of the NPCs.
2: Not yet.
0: The interesting thing though, that I
1: caught is when uh, buddy and guy are lying on their stomachs and talking, they mention we're going out for beer later, or going out to the beach, whatever. And it's like, yeah, it's what we always do. And so I'm thinking, even though their day keeps starting over again, they remember everything. They know that their day is going to be the same every day. They know that the bank robber's coming in. You know, it's going to be a different person, but it'll be another bank robber every day. It's all routine for them.
2: That And that's kind of how I took it, that when you respawn, you don't respawn refresh. I think when they reboot him, spoiler alert, I think that's when, they, that's mm-hmm. when his memory goes. So uh, that's the only way he can hang on to his ranking. He's, he doesn't wake up in the morning and uh, rank to 100 that day. Yeah. It took time to build it up.
0: I think that we should uh, explain a little bit more about the significance of Molotov Girl. She shows up and for whatever reason Guy is captivated by her. This is what compels him to order a cappuccino because because the mu- he hears the music when she walks by and then after she walks by he wakes up the next day and he wants something different mm-hmm. and he still starts off his day differently but When he gets into the coffee shop, he asks for a cappuccino. When he's enchanted by her, and then he gets hit by a train, and we think, oh, shit. But then we watch him swing, thing back into life the next day, and he starts himself all over again.
2: After Millie's avatar, Molotov Girl, catches Guy's attention by singing his favorite song, Fantasy, he begins to deviate from his programming, shocking Buddy by accidentally shooting a skull-masked player, robbing the bank and leaving with his sunglasses. Believing Guy to be a hacker disguised as an NPC, Keys and his co-worker, Mauser, unsuccessfully try to ban him from the game. Accessing the player's view of the game, Guy visits new areas and meets Millie at Revengerman Buttons Stash House, where they attempt to steal evidence leading to her source code. Believing Guy to be a novice player, she advises him to level up before trying again. Guy rapidly progresses through the game by completing missions benevolently, standing out from other players and becoming a worldwide sensation known as Blue Shirt Guy. Well, Tsunami CEO Anton has his artist roid up his design for the sequel, Free City 2. So this is kind of where things kind of pop off. As we said, Molotov cocktail girl is walking down the street, buddy and guy walk past, and we get our first glimpse or our first taste of the Mariah Carey song.
1: Yeah, what we aren't introduced to at this point is that when Keyes was creating the NPCs, he created this one NPC named Guy who he modeled after some of his own real-life feelings and uh, modeled after that this character would be pining for a girl who fit the same description as Millie, as Molotov, or Maltov Girl. And he says in it, that was the favorite song that she was always humming. Yeah. So that's what set Guy off. What do you think of him then following molotov and getting hit by the train
2: oh, i thought it was funny uh, little quips here and there
1: yeah it was fun yeah yeah because this is where we get our introduction to the groundhog in that now we you know we learn that he can't die he just wakes up
2: and then they go through the robbery again
1: but this time he sees uh molotov cocktail girl outside the bank and he decides he needs to go see her again but before he does that he needs a pair of sunglasses
2: right so the bank is getting robbed and guys like um wait a minute what the fuck am i doing right uh he feels this uh feeling that there's more out there or that he wants more so he gets up and uh he confronts the bank robber who who happened to be the rock right you Mm -hmm. guys catch that
1: Yeah. I just love the idea of, you know, when you play a game, you can be whoever you want to be, and it doesn't have to match who you are in real life. So I love that we got, you know, in-game, we got The Rock, big muscular with the deep voice, and then when they keep going to the real world, it's just these two little girls playing the game.
2: And I love how the girl who's watching is like, just smoke him.
1: (laughs) I think those are Sean Levy's daughters.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, really? I think.
1: That's That's what I've read, too. He put in... Three of his daughters are in this
2: movie. That's adorable. Uh, smoke that mother, and then they cut. Yeah, <laughs> that's always yeah. great. <laughs> so, Guy takes the glasses, puts them on. What would you guys
1: think of this whole bit? Well, I love the bit about, you know, he's arguing with the guy, he's holding the guy's gun, and he shoots the rock in the chest. And you can see, as he's against the wall, he's got a big hole in his chest, and he, he's just sleeping.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I thought that that was a very fun shot because you have Ryan left frame and in center frame he's holding the glasses and the shotgun down below then all of a sudden you know right frame is emptied but the but the glasses and the shotgun are exactly where they were right mind you of Deadpool yes <laughs>
2: none
1: of this
0: movie reminded me of Deadpool I don't know
2: what you're talking
1: about
0: and I had and I had to push that aside because i, I if I'm going to enjoy this movie, then I, I need to stop looking at it through the lenses of a Deadpool. And I need to take this character where he is at.
2: Yeah. And and call me crazy if you want, but sometimes that's harder said than done. Yeah,
1: This so. movie is very slapstick, like Deadpool, and it has a lot of the violence and the gags and things like that. But what I really appreciated, like I said earlier, was Deadpool is a very sarcastic character. Everything he says is just making fun of kind of the other characters and at their expense. In this movie, Guy is trying to genuinely be nice. And he's, he means everything he says. You know,
0: he's Canadian. And it is pretty funny, you know, how he uh, discovers the world. You know, when those glasses come on, takes them off, puts them on, takes them off, puts them on, takes them off. That was a that was a, a, a fun sensation that, <laughs> you know, he's sensory overload. Yeah, absolutely. I really like when he, he hits
1: the healing pack and all of a sudden he's, whoa, he's refreshed. The person dies in front of me, waves his hand, takes the money, and all of a sudden all this money appears in his account.
2: Yeah, he's so excited. He, he can finally buy the shoes he wants.
0: That was a fun moment as he's withdrawing the cash. The uh, person in the background that's stuck, you know, he's running up against the wall repeatedly. Right.
1: Did you catch the Easter egg there when he checked his bank balance? The what? Star Wars reference? No. What was it? The amount that when he first checks his bank account is 2,187.03. 2,187 was Princess Leia's cell number on the Death Star in Star Wars. There you go. Look at so that. They, they snuck a lot of little things in there like that.
2: Oh, I'm sure. And so uh, he kind of goes around discovering new things and discovering the world but in the meantime it's kind of causing a blip in the real world and now we get introduced to keys and mouser Mouser. Mm -hmm.
1: well right before that guy buys those shoes he had been eyeing did you catch the gin bottle power up that was behind him
2: yeah it was ryan reynolds brand
1: it basically said subtle product placement uh, over the gin bottle, which was, yeah, it was a reference to Aviation American Gin that Ryan Reynolds was always slinging. Right.
2: And so uh, Keys and Mauser, you know, go through the whole jargon of, well, did you boot the account? Did you do this? Did you do that? Kind of, you know, giving us like a narrative. He like
3: a super hacker at this point. Yeah, kind of.
2: And, uh, oh, you mean Guy?
1: Yeah, they, they can't find him. Oh,
2: right. Yeah, they think that this guy is just on the next level, right? So naturally, they have to go into the game which I guess for entertainment purposes is cool. Uh, But as the hacker or as the coders, would you really have to go into the game? Couldn't you just find the code? That's what I
1: was debating uh, because they make it very clear. They can't sense him. Like when they go through the code and when they go through their means, they can't find him. They can only see him on the screen, but they can't find his actual presence. So, They think it's a player, and they can't find that player's information, so therefore they can't kick that player. So they have to go in, and they're going to do something that, I don't know, I I saw it all the time when I played World of Warcraft, which is called camping, which means you make someone's life hell by killing them, and then every time they respawn, you just kill them again and kill them again and kill them again until you get what you want, which they basically threatened him of, every time you come into this game, we're going to make your life miserable telling this player who they think, you know,
2: guy as this player
1: that we are just gonna delete you and or keep killing you until you're you go away
2: oh I took it as uh, as soon as they hit him with the car that they were under the impression that he was gone
1: no because they had said early on we're just gonna keep we're just gonna camp you and kill you
2: every time you appear in the game Wow, well, well there you go what you guys think of this bit him running from the cops
0: oh well, it was fun we got to we got to see him discover uh his magical shoes if you will and so I, th- I thought that, you know, he did a, a good rookie job of, you know, trying to get out of harm's way. I thought he would have been a little more successful at it, but on the other hand, you know, these two gamers, you know, Mauser and Keys, you know, they're, they're savvy at what they do. And so obviously, you know, he, he, he can run, but he can't hide forever. Yeah. Cause they have God mode on their side.
1: They can do whatever they want. What did you think of their costumes, which I think was a callback to
2: Fortnite, uh, I never played Fortnite. I know that Logan was big into it, but I mean Would it... you have
1: chosen a dirty cop or dirty stripper cop or muscular rabbit? Oh, are those my only two options? Well, those are the two options, or what would you have chosen if you could pick any costume in a game?
2: Any costume in a game?
1: Like in Fortnite, I, I haven't played it. Joey played it a lot. They are adding new costumes all the time. You can be Batman, you can be Deadpool. They even added uh, Ryan Reynolds dude character into the game after this movie
2: oh i'm sure they did oh yeah uh, Fortnite came out with everyone but the question was who would i be i don't know off the top of my head um
0: i've i don't do that stuff so i have no opinion who would you go as? it made me think of sailor moon of uh, ready player one when they talk about you could be whoever
1: you want to be i think i kind of would have done the freddy krueger thing
2: oh well duh that makes sense if it didn't look dumb having a shark on land, I'd be the shark from Jaws. How about that?
1: I figured you'd just be someone tall, with wow. big hair. Wow.
2: Shots fired! you hear that, Bud? Right across the bow. Wow. So, guy follows um, Molotov girl, and she is on the way to steal some a video clip that proves that she was right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so uh, she's asked Keys to help her get into this place, but, you know, he won't do it because he works for Anton. We meet Anton. What did you guys think of Anton?
0: You know, at first I I thought that uh, he was, you know, just a total douchebag shithead, which I was expecting him to be. But the more on-screen time that we got with the character, the more I came to enjoy him.
2: Yeah
1: did you ever see the movie grandma's house grandma's boy grandma's boy i think you're right grandma (laughs) grandma's boy i'm sorry
2: yes i've seen grandma's boy
1: i was gonna say the the guy who plays the um that robot yeah the programmer the head programmer guy reminded me exactly of anton
2: oh kind of the egos the egos yes a little bit but that dude from grandma's boy
1: the weird dress oh my god
2: he's yeah that was that was
1: funny we need to put that one in the hat
2: yeah, that, that's a good one. Listeners, Grandma's Boy.
3: But
1: I do think it was a fun representation of what you might expect, you know, a lead, you know, the guy who's in charge of a software company maybe to be a little bit eccentric, a little bit crazy, a little bit about the money.
2: Oh, as soon as he pulls up and with what he's wearing and just the way he uh, carries himself, I'm thinking, what a dick, right? But Taika Waititi is so lovable that when he's being a dick, I think... I find it funny and charming, so I thought it was
1: funny. I just liked it when he walked in. The first thing he said to someone was, you're fired, or you're so Uh, fired. Oh, I love that,
2: yeah. So Guy follows Molotov Girl outside of the stash house, and he kind of blows her cover, and so she's got to leave, and so she She, uses the the portal gun, and uh, they go back to her stash house. Is this
0: the North Pole?
2: (laughs) It kind of looked like it, right? Um, and it reminded me of every stash house from every video game that I've ever played. You know, the representation was fine. It was good, and this was a point where they could give us the audience the narration of what we need to get Guy moving along so the stakes could get added. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's got to level up, because right now he's just a noob. Yeah, he
1: can't even he, uh, he, pull the pin from the grenade because he's not high
0: enough level. Right. He's level one.
2: Right? What would you guys think of this whole montage of him being better
0: it was fun to watch the montage of course i like how they
1: started the montage off with him just screwing up and getting killed a lot one of my favorites is throwing the grenade and it bouncing off the side of the truck
2: that made me chuckle there were uh, i chuckled out loud a couple of times in this film but bouncing the grenade off the fucking truck definitely one of them Mm -hmm. uh i chuckled pretty hard
0: what level do we last see guy achieving
2: before
0: what is the highest level we see guy achieving
2: one Oh two. I thought
0: was going to say something like that. It's just over a hundred. Yeah. It's 102.
2: He does it when he successfully navigates his way in that, like, uh, under the freeway when you have the cars in bit that, that yellow Lamborghini and he's the first time he does it, uh, the gal shoots him in the head with the shotgun. And then the second time he does it, he gets away and the guy gets away and it blinks to 102. Mm -hmm. So,
0: Guy shows up at the bank and he he wants to talk to Buddy about his new life. And hopefully Buddy would join Guy in this new experience. But he won't do it. He's not ready.
2: But this just kind of goes to show you that uh, throughout this story, uh, the point is that the AI is evolving. Mm -hmm. And eventually it's going to catch on because ever so subtly, uh, the cappuccino girl is on their screen uh, somewhere in there when they're in the office and as a, like an abnormal. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, because guy interacted with her and then later on when he interacts
0: with everybody, uh,
2: they slowly, you know,
0: right. And he does, he does that again at, at this scene as well, because he tells that bombshell girl that she could be so much more. Yep. Yep. Did you catch
1: the joke that starts here? And you kind of catch it in the background later with that bombshell girl. What's that? He said, basically, Guy says to her, you could find a better guy than this person. And she goes, well, maybe I don't even need a guy. And later on, she's holding hands and sitting next to the coffee shop girl. Oh, So she decided to take his
2: advice and not find any guy. Yeah, well, there you go. And it changed her existence, Mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah, mm-hmm. so
1: that you're absolutely right. And it shows that he's subtly changing the game. You know, he's he's almost infecting all the
0: other
2: characters. He's continuing to evolve. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, beki- uh, he's beginning to become more.
0: Mm-hmm. Millie is begging Keys to please help her get in. And so he ends up opening up the door for her so she can get in to the stash house. And now she's down inside that stash house and she goes to grab the file. But as soon as she grabs that file whoop, whoop, all those guys start showing up. That, was, they, that and, was a fun scene.
2: Yeah, and they were all kind of archetypes of different video games that, you know, Yeah, are out like, there.
0: Looked like they had somebody from
1: Red Dead Redemption. They had uh, a Rocky wannabe. They had a Viking in there. They
0: had all
2: kinds of characters
1: in yep,
0: there. Yep, yep, yep. And then at the last moment... Guy makes a spectacular entrance.
2: What would you guys think of the slide? And then he just kind of stands up and starts walking.
0: Oh, I loved it. Well, I loved that's, his... That's kind of cool, right? I loved his call-out, too.
1: Did, Would, did that look cool?
2: Yeah. And so he kind of proves to Millie that uh, he's leveled up and he's helping her. I like that when he broke that dude's arm, he was so apologetic about it. Oh, yeah. He didn't want to do it. Did
0: you catch his little throw-up thing? Yeah. During this time, we see Keys looking at the fight, and we are. it is revealed to us that Guy does not appear on in the program. Keys can't see him. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, and so this triggers Keys to think, wait, what the fuck is going on here? Mm
1: -hmm. So then we have, uh, they basically fail their mission there uh, and run away, but then they kind of have a little date.
2: This is kind of where it slowed down for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ryan Reynolds is great in a romantic comedy and all, and this moment is sweet i guess um it just, it just slowed us down and i didn't really care because when they kiss i felt like millie does when she's just sitting there looking around yeah, yeah. you know what i mean i was just like "Eh, we probably could have done this scene five minutes shorter but that's just me mm-hmm. it's just grumpy old me
1: i thought when they tasted the ice cream they're going to make some kind of matrix
2: reference that everything tastes like chicken
0: they go out for the walk and they have the bubblegum ice cream on the swing set
2: because that's her favorite thing. And he knew that because, well, he was written that way. Yeah,
1: he was programmed to know everything about her because he, he knows everything that Keys knows and everything that Keys feels.
0: Yes. yes. At this time, Guy is finally discovered by Keys. He finally finds him in the database mm-hmm. and he has tons more files of programming than all the others.
1: Yeah, his his programming has grown
0: because of Guy's experiences.
2: Right, right, because he's evolving. Exactly.
0: And then something that happened that I was surprised with at the end, she introduces herself in her real life name, and I, I thought that that was completely uncharacteristic of a gamer to do that. Um. I
2: didn't think so, because at this point, she really does think that he is a real person in the outside world.
1: Yeah, and she kind of wants to meet him in the outside world, I'm guessing.
2: Yeah, and uh, the antagonists need a device on how to find her in the real world, so, yeah. you know, it happens in all of them.
1: And I, I can't tell you how many times I felt I fell for a tauren or an ogre in World of Warcraft, so.
2: Yeah, I don't even know what to do with that, bud. As Key eventually realizes that Guy truly is an NPC, other NPCs that Guy interacts with also begin to develop self-awareness. Keys learns that Free City 2 is due to release in 48 hours and will completely replace Free City, terminating all of the game's NPCs. Keyes informs Millie. She tells Guy the truth about his existence, but he becomes distraught and breaks off contact. Guy talks with Buddy and realizes that there is something more to their existence. Buddy helps Guy to get the evidence Millie wanted from Revengerman Button. Antoine sees that the popularity of Blue Shirt Guy threatens his plans to launch Free City 2 and orders a server reboot, which resets Guy's memories. Guy regains his self-awareness when Millie kisses him.
0: So Keys busts over to Millie's place and he has the reveal of... What Guy really is, he is an AI that has discovered, he has self-awareness now that he has evolved into his own program.
2: And Millie's kind of tripping out because she's like, I just kissed him. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And
1: he's like, uh, once you say something like you can. There's no button to kiss. Yeah, there's no button.
0: Well, he, he hit my button. Yeah,
2: he's like, oh no, he hit the button. And then you kind of go,
0: well, it's Ryan Reynolds, right? So if there's no button to kiss, how does she kiss Guy? Does it matter? No, it doesn't.
2: Let me tell you this. If you were in front of Ryan Reynolds, wouldn't you kiss him? Probably. See, I'm in the same boat. I don't need a button. Ryan Reynolds hits my button, too. I would be
1: Ryan Reynolds. He would be my avatar.
2: Oh. (laughs) So you would want to be inside Ryan Reynolds?
0: Exactly. Who wouldn't want to be? Gotcha. So they decide that they need to enlist the assistance of Guy in order for them to get to their source code. But Keyes
2: is pretty adamant about you got to tell him the truth. Right, and I think this is where these stakes come, yes, into play, right, Professor? Yes, absolutely. And so uh, Millie goes in, and she says, "So She's Mill- blunt with him, yeah." She jacks into the matrix, and she says, um, "You know, you're just a video game."
0: It was an interesting conversation to listen to because, from the perspective of Guy, you know, how do you interpret what's real? Right, mm-hmm. right. Plus, yep.
1: you find out that your whole existence. Is just, you know, ones and zeros that uh, there is no point to your existence. You don't even matter because you're what's called a non-player character.
2: And so he uh, goes to see Buddy, and I like this bit. I think Buddy breaks it down for him uh, quite well. Yeah. He, he, he says it doesn't matter if you think you're real or not. What matters is this moment right now.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the experiences they're having. Right.
2: And and I think that's that's what makes it real.
1: Mm
3: -hmm.
2: You know, so the guy is rejuvenated and he was like, well, shit, if this is all going to end and I have a chance to save it, then I'm going to, I'm going to help.
0: And it was a good thing that he went to the stash house. This is
2: probably my favorite part of the movie. So that probably tells you. How much I enjoy this movie! Watching buttons fan, totally fangirl on guy. Oh my gosh, that was so funny! And then when they would cut to, well, it would start with Channing Tatum, right? He's like, "Holy shit, you're blue shirt guy," you know, and he keeps trying him to do things and whatnot.
1: You could tell that uh, guy was a little creeped
2: out. A little bit, a little bit. And then they would cut to Revengerman in the real world, and of course it's that guy.
3: Mm-hmm. And the
2: way they would cut it back and forth, I thought it was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good. And so uh, the two get the information and he doesn't know when Millie will return so naturally he goes to the stash house that was a fun moment and you know he's like talking to her and she's Avatar's not lit up yet because she hasn't right? logged in that's right she hasn't jacked in and um finally she does and he gives her he's he's scared the shit <laughs> or
1: she scared the shit out of him when she came in right. yeah yeah
2: and so she gets the information and they look at it and they find out that they were right.
0: Meanwhile, Antoine throws a total hissy fit about the popul- about the popularity of Blue Shirt Guy, and people are not being as violent in game that they are not killing
1: the characters anymore. And he—that's what his whole sequel's is about It's carnage.
0: Right, right. And so they start watching uh, Molotov. Molotov girl starts watching the video, and Buddy says that he recognizes that destination. Guy says that. Guy says that, yeah.
2: I've seen it before.
1: And right as they're talking about it, uh, Antoine decides to reboot the whole entire server uh, to basically get rid of guy he wants guy gone
2: right and so that's the solution uh mauser comes up with and i love that uh that bit when he does come up with the idea and antoine's like oh yeah that's a great idea what did you think we were gonna be all kinds of pals and come up with the team catchphrase? blah 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 Yeah, one two three mauser's like yeah something like that and he goes okay one two three get back to work i thought that was so funny Mm -hmm. that was good uh
1: then, you know, we have the whole thing where she freezes because of the reboot. He goes outside, the world goes white. And then we almost like we start the movie over again.
3: Yeah.
0: And Guy's been rebooted.
2: Guy recalls the location of an island containing remnants of life itself source code and they attempt to reach the island before the Free City 2 launch wipes all old content from the servers. Antoine fires Key, has every player removed from Free City and sends an unfinished Guy resembling character named Dude into the game. Initially overwhelmed, Guy puts the sunglasses on Dude, distracting him and allowing Guy to proceed to the island. In a last-ditch attempt to stop him, Antoine begins smashing the game servers in the Tsunami offices with a fire axe, erasing Buddy and much of the game world while firing Mauser. Before he can destroy the final server, Millie offers a deal to abandon her lawsuit and surrender the profits of the Free City franchise to him in exchange for her creation. So,
1: basically how we just talked about guy being rebooted and starting over. Millie goes to find him to try to wake him up. And we have our Disney
2: moment. Oh yeah. Uh, True love's first kiss.
1: Exactly. You know, the true love's kiss revives him and makes him remember everything. That was the, probably the big scene in this movie that kind of gave me the groan. Oh yeah. Because before it was just singing the song that woke him up. Now it's gotta be the kiss.
2: I think the, Kiss is like a fast-forward button. Okay. They could have played the song, but then we'd have to go through the whole training montage again. And this movie was already 20 minutes too long.
1: I want to know, was Guy's level now back down at one?
2: I'm assuming so. But he says he remembers everything, so he probably remembers how to be a badass.
0: I just took it that the code, his source code has not been written over yet. And because the source code has not been written over yet, the pathways just need to be reestablished, which is what we get with the bridge of that is the kiss. Yeah, so that's why we call him the professor.
2: I called it the reverse Superman 2 kiss.
0: I thought it was a clever reveal that we get immediately following this about having the destination discovered where the source code is and having the blinds reflection not being erased. That detail was overlooked by Antoine when he got rid of all that other information.
2: Yeah, I thought that was a clever way to write that in. And and now they kind of have the the roadmap on what to do.
1: That, yep.
0: there, that there's proof that it really is still there. Right? And it, it,
1: that part made me think back to earlier on in the movie. Every time a guy woke up, did you catch that he was going to the blinds and opening and closing them, opening and closing them, which was foreshadowing that he was seeing something in those blinds?
2: Yeah, uh, I never noticed the image in the blinds. We didn't
1: see the image, but for some reason that was his thing. I thought it was like an OCD thing or a, you know, a programming error, but no, it was because he would see something in them.
0: Oh, uh, Yeah. And so now it's revealed that we need some way, a bridge or something to get past the barrier of the water where the source code is thought to be uh
1: set. Well, this was a thing I thought was interesting because earlier on when when uh, Guy was in his moping mode, he goes down to the beach and he gets to the wall, but you notice that he could pass through the wall? He stuck his hand through and kind of, you know, he could get through it, but you're right. He couldn't get across the water, so he needed the bridge. Normal people, that's why they needed Guy, couldn't get past that wall because earlier on, we saw someone crash into the wall and die.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so they need Keyes' help, and Keys is all on board now. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Guy has his memory back. Molotov, girl, and Guy know where the code is. It's at the ocean. They're on their way. And now we get our big chase sequence. Uh, What I liked about this was, A, I've seen it a thousand times.
1: It kind of felt like a Fast and Furious
2: thing. Mixed with the race from Ready Player One. Mm -hmm. Um, But I like how Keys makes the ramp. And as soon as it goes off, uh, Mauser, it cuts back to the real world, and Mauser's like, okay, who did that? You know what I mean? I, I thought that was a nice little bit.
1: Which I thought was funny. is He's yelling at who did that, but technically he was surrounded by tech support people, not programmers. So you'd think he'd know that there'd only be one other person on that floor who has the capability of programming it that
2: way. In that moment, he, not, he might not be thinking about that. Yeah. So
0: Well, besides, just because... Just because it's not somebody on that floor. It could be anybody, right? Yeah. Because everybody's watching this at this point. Right. Another thing that's happening at this during this time is we also have Guy gathering all of the NPCs together, telling them that they could be something more. Mm-hmm. And with that, this is going to give us the distraction that hopefully they will use to be able to get to the other side there.
2: I like how they put it. They said it's like every NPC is on strike. You know what I mean?
1: In the game World of Warcraft, and I know you love what I keep going back to this. Uh, one of the kind of the fun things you could do in the game is you could attack the other side's cities. And one of the things you could do is you could go in with a big group of uh, characters, you know, big group of friends, and you could kill all their NPCs. And by doing that, they then couldn't do quests, they couldn't go off on missions, they couldn't go and really do anything until they respond and it would take a while so really when you take the npcs out of a game
2: there's nothing to do i believe that
1: yeah makes it for Mm -hmm. a really boring time exactly because
0: they're the ones who lead to places in the game you know get you anywhere right and then mauser shows antoine the reveal of millie is working with guy and now that millie is involved antoine knows exactly what her goal is and he wants to put a stop to it. And this is where we get the, the dramatic chase scene. It's go time.
2: Right, right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they manage to escape. But as they're escaping, uh, and Geese gets thrown out and fired.
1: Well, he first gets taken into Antoine's office where they basically have their big monologue. And almost did you catch the uh, other Star Wars reference in this scene? Maybe. Uh, I guess Antoine uses the same kind of line when Luke is escorted into the throne room with Darth Vader and everything, and he basically the Emperor says, "You can leave us." And so basically, he says that to the security guards, and it's just him and Keys, and that's where they have their big monologue. And Keys gives him the finger and pushes the button to start the bridge process.
0: Yeah well actually it's the ramp process to get them out of the collection he does the ramp when he's hiding behind the Oh, you're right it's not when he
1: goes in the office now again going back to cinema sins they brought up a great point of wouldn't you think if this programmer had and again got it i'm thinking too hard about this but if you just had a programmer who was hacking into your game defeating what your other programmer was doing wouldn't you have taken his computer away
2: not if it was his personal computer. I don't think you can do that.
1: I think they know that he was using the computer to hack in and help Guy and Not, Millie. You, so would think you would think they would know. Yeah, but Antoine here shows his intelligence. Did you catch the background behind Antoine? Yeah,
2: it was the Space Needle. Yeah, yeah the Space Needle in the Seattle, Seattle, Seattle skyline. skyline. Yeah,
1: that doesn't exist like that. No, because there's no view from a
2: building like that. Yep. Well, that building doesn't exist, guys. Sorry. Wait, it's virtual. Yeah. Sorry, bud. It, yeah. It's all in the Oasis.
1: But anyway, this is then he throws uh, Keys out after he starts the bridge process,
2: and then Keys notices that uh, well, the only way Antoine can stop this is to destroy the servers.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, first he kicks ev- first he kicks everybody out of the game, like everybody. Yeah, and, and he also inserts dude. Yeah, he starts the dude process. What
2: did you think of dude? I thought it was funny. I chuckled.
1: I love how they even say, you know, right when they're about to launch him. He's only like half finished. Yeah. We haven't installed all the dialogue and everything. They're
2: giving us all kinds of precursors. You know what I mean? They're setting us up for... I think my favorite part about Dude is the whole catchphrase, um, TBD.
1: There are three things that I love. Yeah,
2: just because he's not finished, Mm -hmm. right? But he's indestructible too.
1: Yeah, I liked when Antoine commented, he goes, catchphrase? And he goes, yeah, catchphrase is sort of a
0: catchphrase. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious having Buddy show up <laughs> and he and he starts playing with dude. He starts touching his packs. Yeah. Oh,
1: he's so big. He's such a he's a much better version of you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then naturally he gets thrown away. And then a fight breaks out.
1: Dude kicks dude's kicking some ass. He's gonna come in yeah. with the death touch.
2: And uh I like how uh you know everybody in the gaming community could see that. They know what's coming because Keys made this streamable yep. so everybody could watch. In real time. Like that other
1: movie. But this was probably my favorite cameo of, I think, almost any movie. I
2: I thought this one was great. This one made me smile, chuckle, and laugh out loud. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, dude comes in with a big death blow and fucking guy blocks it with Captain America's shield. What the shit? And as that happened you can hear the avengers theme playing and i was laughing like oh that's really fucking cool but when they cut to chris evans and they got chris evans to do it completely sells it mm-hmm. so good because he's so pissed <laughs> yeah.
1: and then i think second on that list would have to be for me when you hear the the star wars sound of the lightsaber coming up and the star wars music, and everyone is going "Is is that a is that a
2: Well, yeah, and my first thought was that was a weak-ass lightsaber. Yeah, I didn't even cut through his skin. No. So what good was it? Not that good. That's right. Just for fan service, fuckers. Should have cut them in half. But what do I know?
1: So we got the shield. We got the Hulk hand. We got the lightsaber. We got the portal gun again. Um, Got a lot of little fun things in there. Got the Fortnite, I guess, uh,
2: hobby horse-looking thing.
0: Yeah. But it was an interesting strategy to put the glasses onto dude
2: was distract him. Cause he's like four years old. Right. Was, was
1: was brilliant at that scene? Was dude giving him like a purple nurple or something? What was he doing? Like crushing his chest? He was just crushing his chest.
2: Okay. Yeah. I don't know why that works for
1: NPCs, but you know, one of my thoughts I kept thinking, and this is something you were saying earlier, professor, maybe it's just because it was a timing thing, but even if dude, first of all, we'd seen throughout this movie, dude could take car shots and, You know, he could fall off buildings, you know, all these different things. He could take a lot of abuse. What could, I mean, a guy could. What could dude do to guy to really hurt him? Now, my second thought is, even if he somehow managed to kill him, wouldn't guy just respawn? Well, maybe.
0: Uh, Well, no, because the servers are being taken out. Part of the city is probably missing, so maybe that's it. Yes. So during this time, Antoine has taken a rather draconian approach with a fire axe to the servers. I kept
1: thinking, where is Free City 2 loaded?
0: Is he destroying Free City 2 at this point, too? I Who knows? Who knows? Who knows why madmen do what they do? And eventually, Mauser, he finally cowboys up and says, you got to stop.
2: Right. And
0: I can't believe you stole the game. You're such a
2: dick, right? Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know. He's, and he's fired, too. Yeah, welcome to the
1: party.
2: And so as Antoine continues to smash the servers, Buddy and... Guy make a break for the bridge that Keys left him. Didn't and that look
1: like the bridge from Valhalla, the Rainbow Bridge?
0: Kind of reminded me of that.
2: Oh, from like Thor? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Maybe because they were over water?
0: No. Well, uh, I don't know. I I just took it that Keys had taken a vertical building and made it horizontal. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. And so they're running across and naturally, you know, uh, Buddy doesn't make it. But not before, you know, he tells Guy... You know, um, this has been the greatest moment of my life. You taught me how to live and you know you're my best friend, I love you and blah blah blah. and uh, Ryan Reynolds takes off and again we get a slower, different version of the fantasy song. and even though it's not Mariah Carey, it still drives me up the fucking wall. Mm-hmm. And so a uh, guy makes it through and everybody can see that and you know the day is saved. And just as Antoine's about to
0: destroy the last server, Millie shows up. What did you guys think of this whole bit? I thought it was, I thought, I I was content with it. It was an okay story arc. Well, at first, you know, my thought was she's letting him win because
1: he was going to get all rights to the second game. Nothing bad was going to happen to him. You know, really, and, you know, originally she wanted the money and the credit and the prestige from being the inventor of the game to now I just want my game back and I want to let it go. Right. Right. So I kept thinking what's, that's kind of a downer of an ending. We're not getting the big kick in the ass to Antoine.
2: Well, we do because the game ultimately fails. But I thought that how does this guy not get in any fucking trouble? Right. I mean, he's going downstairs with a fucking ax. And then I thought, Oh wait, it's his company. No one's the wiser. Anyone who is playing the game outside, their shit just shut off. Right. And that shit happens all the time. So, and then I was kind of, kind of with you. I'm like, yeah, he's kind of getting off a little easy here. But I mean, ultimately, he goes probably bankrupt and his reputation is probably ruined because I guess Free City 2, we're led to believe, is a piece of shit. Because
1: they said throughout the movie there were a lot of bugs in Free City 2, that it definitely wasn't ready. It was modeled, and I can't remember the name of the game, but it was modeled after, I think it was called Cyberpunk was a game that came out and everybody warned them this game is not ready when they beta and they did the alpha on it, uh, that there were too many bugs, it wasn't ready, and it was released way before it was, should have been, and it failed miserably because of it. So that was what the launch of Free City 2 was modeled after.
3: But it's just a sweet, sweet fantasy, baby When I close my eyes, you will
2: so some time later sales for free city 2 have slipped because of bugs in the code and lagging online play an embattled antoine is in the crosshairs but claims he is a victim meanwhile millie salvages her code and along with keys and mauser released the indie game free life which includes guy dude and the other NPCs from Free City can continue to live. In the game, Guy reveals to Millie that his code is, in fact, a love letter to her from Keys. During the development of Life Itself, Keys had encoded what he knew about her tastes into the AI routine in the game, which was eventually incorporated into Free City. This explains why Guy felt uniquely drawn to Molotov Girl. After Millie leaves the game, she and Keith share a kiss. Meanwhile, Guy and Dude reunite with Buddy, who was reconstructed. Roll credits. So yeah, it's the aftermath. And as we kind of all knew, um, Free City 2 is going to go under. It's not performing well. Millie and Keys and Mauser get life itself off the ground. It's kind of this happy ending. I got to say, this last 15 or so minutes really drug for me.
0: I like that we had an indefinite amount of time that has passed. It doesn't say a month later, two months later, six months later, whatever. I'm glad that it was just left open-ended like that.
2: Right. But I guess, I mean, we had to have two endings, right? We had to have the guy ending and we had to have million keys ending yep i just wish we could have hurried it up a little bit
1: i feel like they took a lot of i don't know license and liberty to think that all these gamers i know there's a big thing where the gamers start talking about maybe i shouldn't be killing npcs maybe i should i don't think anybody's really gonna play a goldfish game that they're gonna sit and just watch the characters evolve would you sit and just watch would you buy a game and just sit and watch it evolve no no You'd want to play. You'd want to have some impact in the game.
2: I
0: want the Oasis. That's what I want. Yeah. Well, how about this? They're not necessarily asking for a lot. It's just the three of them. And so if if what they put out is liked, apparently it doesn't matter that much wherever it goes because their platform is up and running and it's a small operation.
1: They did say at one point, they read some article or something that said it's been widely successful. It's like the number one game. Yeah. What did you think about the big reveal, which I felt was revealed way early on in the movie, which was the whole thing about Guy being a love letter from Keys to Millie?
2: It was okay, I guess. Yeah, you see it coming a mile away. When When we first see
1: Keys recording that video that plays for Millie that basically says, you know, I incorporated everything I knew about you into, you know, this character in the game, blah, blah, blah. And he said, you know, and I incorporated my own feelings
0: right there. We just got revealed that he's been in love with her.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't a shocker. Yeah. Not by any stretch of the imagination.
0: But for us, the viewing audience, even though we saw that and, and we connect those dots when that is revealed on screen, it's still a satisfying watch at the end to have Guy, you know, explain that revelation that Millie is able to then connect the dots with. Sure. Did
1: you catch the subtle reference at the end when uh, Keys, you know, they're doing the programming and then Keyes goes to get off the coffee and she sees him across the street. Did you see what Keys was wearing? A blue shirt. He was wearing a blue shirt, which means he's
0: the blue shirt guy. That was supposed to be our reveal. Oh, yeah. And then we get a little post uh, story bit to see what is up with Guy these days.
1: Do you like how... Uh, you know, in games, you always have some kind of mount or vehicle or something, and Guy's vehicle was dude. I
2: thought that was cute. Um, I I like because uh, they kept having the incomplete conversation. <laughs> yeah. Insert adjective here. Shh. Harder laughter. So I thought that was kind of cute.
1: I liked that, and I like when he finally comes across Buddy, uh, which was, again, convenience, but... Uh, Buddy talks about how he wrote a centaur, and and, uh, Guy wrote, well, I wrote a dude.
2: Yeah, yeah. And that is Free Guy.
1: There was one other Easter egg that I wanted to bring up. Did you catch uh, the hidden Mickey in this game? Disney, one of their big things in their Disney park and in their movies and in their games, they like to hide Mickey Mouse somewhere in the game. Never saw it. Never saw it. Did you catch it? It wasn't something you could actually see.
2: That would explain why we didn't see it. If
1: if you listened about the characters, there were characters named Millie, Keys, and Mouser. If you took the first syllable of each of their names, you got me, Key, Mouse.
0: No, I
2: didn't get that at all. I just got it right now.
1: Yeah, so that was the hidden Mickey in
2: this
0: movie. Oh. Pretty darn hidden. That was pretty darn hidden.
1: At the end of the movie, did you notice all those mythical creatures that were walking around the, you know, the new town? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of CG. I was kinda hoping to see a belrog.
2: Oh fuck. And now it's time for John's My
3: precious
1: moment. This is the point in our podcast where I take whatever movie we are currently reviewing and compare it to the greatest movie series ever made, Lord of the Rings. In Free Guy, a lot of this is pretty obvious and then some of it isn't. But really, it's obvious that Frodo is Guy. Guy is the one on a journey to discover the truth about his existence and his world. His journey later turns into a mission to save his world. Sam... Well, that's got to be Guy's best friend, Buddy. Like Samwise to Frodo, Buddy serves as a source of inspiration to Guy, even during those parts of his journey where Buddy isn't even present. In the end, it's Buddy who encourages Guy to complete his journey across that bridge. Mary and Pippin, I kind of felt Keyes and Mouser fit those roles. For the first half of the movie, both serve as a bit of comic relief, but by the end, Both eventually are on Guy's side and are crucial to helping his journey. Now, Gandalf, that was one I struggled with a little bit, but then I started to think about it. Gandalf is represented by the sunglasses. It's when Guy gets his own pair of glasses that he is able to start his journey. The glasses open up his mind to new possibilities and allows him to become more than he was able to before and able to access more of the game. Like Frodo before Gandalf put him on his quest, he was content with just being ordinary. But he went on to become extraordinary along his journey. The same is true with Guy thanks to those glasses. Aragorn would be Millie Rusk. In the beginning, she's a queen without a kingdom. Later, she's inspired to protect Guy on his journey, and by the end, she reclaims her role as queen. So that makes our fellowship Guy, Buddy, Keys, Mouser, Millie, and a pair of sunglasses. Gollum would be Revenjamin Buttons, a.k.a. Chanum Tatum, because like I said earlier, he's just a selfish prick. Well, really, he represents the selfish gamer who plays just for themselves. Even when agreeing to help Guy, he asks him for things to further his own channel's popularity. Sauron would be Antoine. He's the big bad with control over the entire digital kingdom. He wants to burn everything down to build up a new kingdom which will grant him even more power. So what is the precious? What is the one ring? In Free Guy, the ring is represented by the game Free City. It's the city that affects both virtual characters and real players within its limits. For Guy and the other NPCs, Free City exerts control over them. For real-life players, Free City tempts them to do whatever they want to whomever they want. And for Millie, it's hiding secrets that would drastically change her life. It's not until the game is destroyed that everything is set right with both worlds. And there you have it, my comparison between Free Guy and Lord of the Rings. Bring on
2: the grades. What do you what say? You <laughs> <laughs> stop it. I like the golem. I didn't see that coming. Uh, I like that aspect because you're right. He was like, "Could you do this for me? Could you do that for me?" I, that, that was pretty good. Everything else is kind of uh, it kind of matches up. I do like the Marion and Pippin and Keys and Mauser because even though they Keys and Mauser were working for the antagonists. Uh, We still kind of went along with them for the ride. You know what I mean? And we love Marion and Pippin from the beginning. So I I think the attitudes and the essence were there. Um, But yeah, you can't say Channing Tatum, and that breaks my heart because he is Channing Tate yum. Um, So I'm going to give you a B.
1: What did you think of the Gandalf reference to the sunglasses?
2: I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't paying attention. I didn't
0: think so. Professor, how did I do? I thought that this was uh, pretty straightforward. I was thinking that Keys was more like a, a, a Gimli, and I uh, didn't necessarily have a good place for Mauser to be. Does that mean that Mauser would be legalist? No, absolutely not. But on the other hand, I, I see what you're saying about the Mary and Pippin bit, especially you know when we see them in Free City as as the Pink Bunny and and the Cop, right? Because you know they're kind of sort of comedic relief. You know, in general, I think that the uh, sunglasses being Gandalf is like eh, not so much. Uh, the uh, the uh, the free city being the ring, uh, fair. So I'm going to say C plus.
2: Have anything to say there, tough guy, Channum Tatum? <laughs>
0: and that was John's
3: My precious
2: moment.
0: All right, what do you guys think? You guys ready to rate this flick? I'm ready to rate this flick. John, do you want to rate this flick? I'm ready to play your game. (laughs) Hey, Professor, how do we do our ratings? We do our ratings on a scale of one to five fucks. Five fucks is a movie that we think is cinematic gold. Anytime somebody says, hey, you want to watch Free Guy? Fuck yeah, I do. A one fuck movie is a movie where you watch it and you know after you've watched it, you're never going to watch it again because, you know, it's just... There's nothing necessarily that you really care about it. You're just probably never going to see it again. And what's a zero? A zero fuck movie is, oh, for shit's sake, what the hell was that? I want one hour and 55 minutes of my life back. Or in
2: other words, we just don't give a fuck. Or could you say game over? All right, uh, your movie, you're up, buddy.
1: Before I give my review, I think you got the... uh The right score last two weeks. So would you like to try to guess what I'm going to give it this time?
2: Yeah, and I think that I think this is your kind of movie. I think that this movie speaks to you, and you really enjoy these movies. And you can see past all the flaws, and you take it for a pure entertainment ride, and I salute that. I have given you way too much credit in the past. I have not given you enough credit in the past, but I think here I'm going to slide in at... 4.25 4.25 fucks.
1: Is that your final answer? Yes. Okay. I, I'm holding you to it. You said Okay okay, 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 okay. Fair enough,
2: it. fair enough, fair enough.
1: A simple NPC, guy by name. Unleashing chaos, he rose to fame. Ryan Reynolds, the star who leads the way. With wit and humor, he brightens your day. With humor and wit, he stole the show transforming the mundane into a vibrant glow. His quest for freedom, a delightful ride, as he broke free from the rules a prison defied. Taika Waititi, the villainous flair. With comedic brilliance, he fills the air. A touch of madness and a wicked flair. He's all about Antoine, the money his only care. The pacing was swift, never a bore. Fueled by energy, Right to the core, it explores the power of choice and control as Guy discovers the depths of his soul. The film's heart lies in the message clear about embracing life and conquering fear. It touches on themes of self-discovery in a world where everyone seeks recovery. In summary, Free Guy deserves some acclaim for its humor, heart, and its digital game. With its energetic pace and clever flux, I give Free Guy four and a quarter
2: fucks. Yes. All right. Uh, You or me there, tough guy? I think you go first. Okay, I will. When I first saw Free Guy, I thought it was fun. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is charming, as always. I just think that maybe to me, this whole AI virtual world is i i think i'm getting oversaturated with movies about it um i think that had i seen this before ready player one maybe i would have liked it more but a lot of it reminded me of ready player one and the truman show and even though ryan reynolds is nothing but charming it just kind of puts i don't want to say a bad taste in my mouth but it does put a taste in my mouth so um It's fun. It's passable. I give Free Guy 3.25 fucks.
0: Free Guy is a movie that I had heard pleasant things about. The family, they had seen the movie already, and they had pleasant things to say about it. And knowing that Ryan Reynolds is always a charming person on screen, he's an easily likable character. I, I didn't think that the movie was going to disappoint me. The experience of Ryan Reynolds on the screen not being uh, Deadpool is something that I have to be conscientious about in watching him because I feel like, oh that's that's Deadpool. but after probably half hour into the movie, I was finally able to settle down and just enjoy Guy for being guy. And you know God bless uh, Ryan Reynolds being so charming because you know it works. Ultimately, as I stated before, though, I feel like that there's no payoff. There's no substance. I am indifferent towards Guy and the fate of him. And the fact that I have that means that I'm relying on the other story, which is the Millie Keyes story arc of these two working against Antoine Antoine was a fun character. It was delightful to watch the gregariousness of Antoine being just such an aloof super prick. And Taika Watiti, he, he really nailed it, and I really had a lot of fun watching him. The The mic drops, those were fun. And in general, if I take out the backdrop of this is a video game with all of the extreme explosions and uh Car stunts and all of that. I, I find that it's a rather simple story and it is not necessarily something that wins me over. I'm giving this three fucks.
2: Three fucks from the professor, four and a quarter fucks from the comic book guy, and three and a quarter fucks from yours truly. That gives a free guy an average of 3.5 fucks, which puts it in the 17th spot, tied with devotion. Little Miss Sunshine, Peanut Butter Falcon, and Heat. It is slightly better than Big Trouble in Little China, Tango and Cash in Summer School, and slightly worse than Top Gun, Commando, and The Shining. I think that sounds about right. It does. um, Looking at this, yeah, not too bad, Seventeen. All right, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Three Guys in a Flick. If you would like to know which movie we are going to be doing next, please check out our website. And speaking of which, hey, John, where can they find us?
1: Well, they can always find us, as you mentioned, at our website, threeguysinaflick.com, where we go ahead and we post all of our podcasts, our show notes. We have blog articles each week about the movies that we are currently reviewing. You can also go there and submit movies you would like to see us review because we really want to review your movies, your choices. You can also find us at all of social media or any place that hosts podcasts.
2: All right. I just want to thank Zach, Ronnie, and Jill for listening. Keep on listening.
0: Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Ronnie. Thanks, Jill.
2: And I want to thank anyone else who listens and who has suggested a movie. If you keep listening, we'll keep recording. For three guys in a flick, I'm Don.
0: I'm John. And I'm Ken. Thanks for listening. And don't have a good day. Have a great day.
3: Shumala. <laughs>
1: What is his name is? Shyamalan Knight. What, what's his name? M Knight Shamalan. M
2: Knight You know I can't use any of that.
1: <laughs> Just
2: on a different planet. Except you can beat up prostitutes or something. Well, you can beat up helpless orcs, can't you? Well, yeah. Yeah, six of one, half of the, it's all perspective, right? So you're comparing
1: I mean, like prostitutes, like little gnomes or something.
2: Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, if I offended any gnome enthusiasts out there, I apologize because I don't know the first thing about a gnome. But Benevolent, benevolently,
0: Benevol- benevolently,
2: benevolently, benevolently. So the so the bank is getting robbed, and uh, Buddy's like, "Wait a minute, Buddy! Did I call him Buddy?" Yes. Say, uh, Revengerman's Button's name again. The actor who plays him, Tannen Tatum. Say it after me. Channing. I-N-G. Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum? No. (laughs) Say
0: say Chan, and then you end it with I-N-G. Channing. Chan. Yeah, there you go, just like that. Ing. Tatum. Tatum. (laughs)
2: Channing (laughs) Tatum. All right, fucker. Game
0: over, man. That's it, man. Game over. We're we're in some real pretty shit. (laughs) Why don't you put her in charge? (laughs) We're not going to last 18 hours. No, how long before we expect? Oh.
2: <laughs> 17 seventeen-headedness, and I like the fact that he was porn cop,
1: dirty, Co- dirty stripper cop.
2: Was that what they called it? Dirty yeah. stripper. I would have called it dirty porn cop, mm-hmm. but that's how I would play the role. <laughs> uh, the only thing I can think of isn't really a porn name, and it's probably not very politically correct to say, and so I'm not going to say
1: it. <laughs> Professor, what would you like to have for a
2: porn name?
3: No. What would you like to have for? Me? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, Professor. What would
2: you like to have? B buy, uh, free buy. No, B buy. B buy. Oh, you cheeky fucker. What about you? What do you got? I got free gimp. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. Um, what was your politically not correct one? Free. G- All right, fuck off. Good night.